Welcome to episode 22 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. We are a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church, and uh, part of the strategy for this podcast is uh, not only to get to know our uh, theological commitments, uh, our confessional uh, commitments, uh, but also uh, to get to know the the members of, of Christ Church. And we've had a couple of interviews in the past. We look forward to having many in the future. But today, we have a, a special interview with uh, one of your uh, pastors, uh, Pastor Ross Hodges. And uh, it's been such a blessing, Ross, to know you over the last several years and to enjoy a good friendship and uh, co-laboring uh, for the sake of the gospel. And mm. I'm excited for uh, our people to get to know you better through this uh, through this interview. So, why don't we begin, Ross, uh, by just sharing with us uh, where you're from and uh, some of your background, where you grew up? Yeah, thanks. I am from the great state of Alabama, and uh, I hail from the central part of that state. I grew up uh, in the country, so out in the boondocks, as they say, um, outside of uh, Montgomery. And uh, my home church is in Montgomery. I went to uh, the uh, Auburn University at Montgomery. Is it true you wore overalls to uh, university? Um, not to university. <laughs> uh, they they told me that that my entrance was dependent upon giving up the overalls. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's good. They are moving up in the world. Down there. <laughs> yeah, so, but I, I did wear overalls uh, at times growing up. I I grew up in a setting where we were working um, with farm type things. It wasn't commercial, but yeah, tell us about that. You, you've shared with me before that, that you would have to wake up early to take care of things yeah. on the farm. And like, what, what kind of things were you doing? Yeah, so at one, at one point in uh, my life, my older brother and I had to get up um, with the, my parents at 6 in the morning and go out into the garden and work in the garden for an hour before breakfast. So we'd be pulling weeds and hoeing potatoes and doing all sorts of things. And then uh, we also, at various points, had animals like goats and pigs and chickens. And so we'd have to help take care of uh, those and um, you know a lot of uh, grass to be mown and uh, in the winter time a lot of firewood to be cut and hauled. Uh -huh. uh, we lived in a this beautiful old farmhouse that was um, the original part of it I think was built in uh, 1880 and, and um, we had done some remodeling work on it but you know still needed to burn wood for a lot of the time and it was just a very um, it, it was a wonderful way to grow up as a boy because I, I was in the dirt all the time and yeah. um, out in the woods and always you know exploring and building forts and that sort of thing. And your mom and dad still live in this beautiful old Victorian house. They do, yeah, yeah. They, they do, and um, it's a, it's a wonderful setting. We you know love getting to go home and um, you know certain parts of the year it's it's really pretty because it is out in kind of the middle of nowhere and just woods and trees all around. There's a couple of ponds behind the house and mm. um, so it was it was a great great place to to grow up and Ross uh, I've had the the privilege of getting to know your mom and dad uh, just really really precious godly Christians yeah. and uh, have been such an encouragement uh, to me personally over the last uh, few years and uh, tell us about uh, growing up uh, mm -hmm. in uh, the Hodges home and what what were the commitments and what kinds of things did you see exhibited there? Yeah, sure. Well, this is a joy for me to talk about um, because I have the deepest respect for my parents. They've been married over 40 years mm -hmm. um, and uh, I grew up with uh, parents who loved the Lord, um, who made you know the, the God's Word a priority in the home 
and um, so grew up um, being taught the scriptures from my earliest days. Um, my parents loved uh, learning, and they had uh, accumulated a, a very large library. It took up an entire room in the house. Um, and I remember even as a kid just going to that room and just looking at the volumes and volumes and volumes of books, uh, biblical commentaries and backgrounds to the New Testament and, you know, Greek lexicons and, you know, just all, all these sorts of things. And waking up early in the morning um, to come downstairs and to see my parents, you know, with their cup of coffee, studying the word um, together and, and talking together. Um, and uh, and then, you know, us studying the scriptures, um, you know, as a family uh, in various ways and various times. Um, and then one of the, the biggest uh, things that people will know about my family, anybody who knows uh, my parents, is their commitment to hospitality over the years. Mm. Uh, we, uh, we lived in, a, as I mentioned, a, a very large uh, farmhouse out in the country and had a lot of room for other people, and so my parents wanted to fill it with people who had needs and needs of places to stay. And so um, over the years, they had um, a ministry to, to various people with various needs um, that, uh, for example, one family, um, their house burned down and they had mm. uh, several kids and they needed a place to stay. So they came and lived with us for several months. Um, others, um, you know, graduating college, not quite knowing what to do, would, you know, come and stay for a while rent-free. And um, so those things, plus just a lot of regular hospitality um, just in the church they just we our, our table was always full uh, of people and mm. um, lots and lots and lots of conversations uh, my dad was an elder in the church and so a lot of um, sort of informal counseling and biblical instruction would happen uh, around the table mm. and that's how I grew up you know hearing my dad uh, and my, my mom expound um, just upon the, the scriptures around the table the blessings of being a child of the covenant. Amen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's so beautiful when we see a, a Christian family uh, who are not just taking God's promises for granted, God's promises in baptism, but really taking seriously those baptismal vows and really raising uh, their children in the fear and instruction of Christ and mm. uh, to grow up in a loving Christian home where God's promises are before you and where you're yeah. in church and you're hearing the conversation around the dinner tables and uh, it's uh, it's something that um, is really a beautiful picture of the gospel and of course growing up in a Christian home uh, there's always a time I think when uh, strong commitment is made to <laughs> walk with the Lord and yeah. uh, when, when did that happen in your life Ross? Yeah I mean I, I um, I'm grateful to be able to say that I can't point to uh, a day of conversion because um, the Lord just all along was molding and shaping my heart and I, I I don't know when I was converted per se, um, but you know, around the age of ten or eleven, I, I remember um, coming to the conviction of my sin and and things. Mm -hmm. So it, it it as a ten or eleven year old, it would play out where you know I would do something I know was wrong. I knew it was wrong, and um, I would go um, without being prompted, without being caught, <laughs> and I would confess that sin mm -hmm. you know to my parents and. Um, want to be free of the guilt of it, and um, I, I point to around that age as probably being converted. But you know, as, as a lot of people, there there were ups and downs over the years, and and some years not long after that, where I had a very very tender conscience and um, went through some struggles that I can look back and and realize were related to just um, 
the way that I understood doctrine and, you mm-hmm. know, through no fault of my parents or anything like that, just um, I, I didn't really understand the relationship between justification and sanctification. And mm-hmm. I didn't really understand the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that essentially Jesus had saved me and now I had to keep God happy with me. Yeah, um, essentially you have to keep yourself saved. Exactly. By your exactly. behavior and so forth. Yeah, and you know, to to put a little bit more doctrinal nuance on it, I you know, looking back now, post seminary, I can say what I didn't understand was the act of obedience of Christ. Yes. I understood that He died for me on the cross, but I didn't understand that He had lived for me mm-hmm. and He had kept the law for me, and then that therefore freed me to keep the law out of you know a, a motivation of love and gratitude and um, imperfectly and imper exactly, and so um, I didn't understand that you know sin nature. Uh, affects everything that you do and therefore you can't be perfect and you're not going to be perfect and mm. so there was a long um, long hard struggle with that but then uh, you know at another point in my life later on um, just went through some typical I suppose internal struggles as a as a later teen and in high school and and that ended up um, taking me through some years uh, where there just was you know a heart that wasn't right before the Lord's mm. an internal rebellion and the Lord saved me from a lot of Foolishness that I could have gotten myself into apart from his or would have apart from his grace But then um, after that a a little bit after I graduated high school um, is when the Lord uh, I think got a hold of my heart um, just through some events uh, that made me then uh, understand uh, the gospel and and not to use language that's too cliche but to fall in love with God's Word and to fall in mm. love with Christ mm. um, as as I really never had before because uh, at that point I was keenly aware of my sinfulness um, and and of my need mm. for a Savior um, and it was what I'd been taught all along but it just had come sort of come home in a new way and you spent some time in France I did yeah yeah um, over the years we had developed some uh, relationships with some French missionaries and so a couple of times in high school, I got to go visit, um, and then in college, I um, part of what I was studying was French, and so I got to spend a summer uh, in France, um, mm. working with a couple of church planters who were there, mm. uh, working on my French, um, and uh, and then also learning about you know missions work and church planting first firsthand. So, was it in those days that uh, you began to sense a possible call to ministry? Or was that later, or uh, it was? It was. Um, I, I've been to college twice. Um, the first time I went, I did a an associate's degree in computers. Um, and if anybody knows me, they're gonna they'd, they'd laugh at that now because <laughs> first of all, that was uh, in the early two thousands, and computers have changed a lot. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. And uh, also, I today I couldn't really tell you much about any computers. But I, at that point, I was really struggling with what to do with my life. But uh, an opportunity came along to volunteer with the youth group at my own church, <clears throat> and. Uh, did that, uh, and as I was volunteering, that turned into a, a um, kind of a summer position, and then a summer position turned into a part-time position. And it was in the midst of that that um, I really began to think. I, you know, I think this is what God created me to do: was to to study His Word and then to teach it. And I remember mm-hmm. teaching a junior high Sunday school class, um, seeing seeing Christ in the story of Abraham in the Old Testament. And it just sort of struck me in the middle of a Sunday morning Sunday school that, mm. wow, I, this this is what, I think this is what God has for me. It's not computers, <laughs> uh, 
Um, mm. Not only do am I not really that good at the computer thing, I don't really like it, but this I love. Mm. And um, it's kind of like a a burning yes. uh, inside to want to uh, to teach and to preach this truth and. We call that the internal call, or the, the sense that perhaps yeah. we maybe, in, in a humble way, responding to that would be maybe I'm being called, and yeah. and then uh, and then we, we look for the external uh, That's right. call and confirmation, and I guess that would take us to your seminary years. You went on to uh, yeah seminary in California. Yeah, I, d I did. Um, I it, you know, at the time I was sensing an internal call. I first spoke with my parents, and and they confirmed it. They thought that was a uh, you know heading in the right direction, and talked to the elders of the church, and they did as well. So I actually had to go back to school and do four four years of um, mm. of a bachelor's degree because I didn't have that, and I knew that if I was being called to the ministry, I would have to go to seminary, right. and um, and to get into seminary, you need a bachelor's degree. So kind of had to start that process over, but um, along the way uh, was talking with elders and and friends and you know mentors and so forth. And they all um, gave what we considered to be a confirmation of the external call um, and pointed me towards seminary in God's providence. Uh, I was able to head out to Westminster Seminary in California. Mm. Um, a lot of people wondered what an Alabama boy was doing in California. Especially those overalls on. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. Sure, the class that first day. Yeah, and... straw hat overalls and <laughs> boots. Um, a they want a straw hanging out of your <laughs> uh, mouth. That's right. So, howdy, y'all. Um, <laughs> I did become the token Southern guy uh, in seminary, and yeah. so anytime anybody wanted to make a Southern joke, they sort of uh, pulled, pulled me into it. Um, <laughs> but uh, went went through seminary, had a marvelous experience. Um, those four years, uh, I tell people mm. it was the hardest thing I've done. Um, I uh, the during summer Greek, which was we call it boot camp Greek, because it was a, a year's worth of Greek in five weeks. Um, I developed an eye twitch, and. Uh, <laughs> It felt like that turned into a Is that an Apple product. Um, you know, if I can market it, the Apple I Twitch <laughs> um, keeps you from sleeping at night. And I would go to, I'd close my eyes at night, and I'd be seeing Greek paradigms floating in front of my eyes yeah, and sure. uh, all that sort of thing. But uh, the the stress and the workload, notwithstanding, it ended up being a, a really marvelous uh, time and um, tr and incredible training in, in God's word and exegesis and preaching and uh, all those sorts of things. And but and not only did you get a degree, yes, in Westminster, I got a wife. But more importantly, much more importantly, you got a I got wonderful a wonderful wife in Joanna. And, yes, uh, tell us how y'all met. And mm -hmm. um, we yeah. we met um, Westminster, California. Uh, there's not that many female students, and um, the ones that are there, a lot of times they're already married or mm -hmm. you know something like that. But Joanna showed up my second year. She was starting a three-year degree. Uh, I was one year into a four-year degree, so we were going to be overlapping in certain classes and things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, tell, truth be told, I was I was very interested in her pretty much right away. Um, I mean, if you know Joanna, of course, that's no surprise. Um, hmm. And uh, you know, anybody with uh, half a any male with half a brain and you know, <laughs> and uh, can see her beauty uh, both physically and spiritually. Um, but uh, we we ended up just being friends for the first year, and the, but then mm -hmm. we ended up um, being involved in some projects together, and we had some classes together. We actually had Hebrew all the way through together, so mm -hmm. nothing like building love, um, like uh, <laughs> good Hebrew study sessions. Uh, but it was uh, our second year. We we both that summer had had uh, some some experiences and 
uh, just uh, things where the Lord kind of brought us to a new place in our understanding about some theological issues. And I had mm. actually just completed my first internship with you um, mm. at Grace in Douglasville. Mm -hmm. And I came back, uh, and we, we actually started talking about some of our common um, uh, our common convictions that had been solidified. And um, mm. we started talking about the regulative principle of worship and actually weekly communion. That's a very romantic thing. It is. It's a it's, regulative it's, principle. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the Hodges household it is. And, uh, we, so this is what reform people get excited about here. <laughs> very romantic subjects. Uh, we, uh, we, we joke that we... Um, Instead of you had me at hello, you had me at hey. What do you think about the RPW? <laughs> and uh, and it was it was it was love um, love building from there. For for the uninitiated listeners, uh, the regulative principle is, of worship is simply that principle that we should worship only in the way that that God has prescribed in His words. Mm. And a lot of the questions surrounding uh, what is acceptable worship, how should we worship God. Uh, it is answered by this principle which says um, we should only worship God according to Scripture. So just to let you know, it's, That's right. yep. we're having a little fun with this because uh, to, to, to talk about uh, falling in love over the regular principle of worship is just a funny thing. <laughs> well, it, it can happen. We're, uh, we're a testimony to that. And, you know, if, if you think about your future and your future as a pastor or... As a pastor's wife, the, your, your convictions on these sorts of things really, they play out practically in a lot of ways, what sort of church you'll end up serving at and um, you know, what sort of what way you'll be raising your family in, in worship and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, it's, quite, it's quite sad that these kinds of conversations aren't more common amongst people that are mm -hmm. Christians that are dating. Right. Yeah. Because the, the conversation often doesn't get you know, past the superficialities yeah. when the reality is... As Christian believers, these kinds of conversations should 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 mark our lives mm -hmm. really, and particularly in the dating stage when you're trying to figure out, you know, yeah. if you spend the rest of your life together. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, at least you know, for those who think that we um, <laughs> that this was uh, a little too, oh, I don't know, minute of something to get excited about. I mean, you know, at least we weren't. Falling in love over like the uh, the nuances of the hifil verb tense and you know <laughs> Hebrew or something. I mean, cut us a little bit of slack. But uh, but yeah, so we we met there, and I basically I chased her for a year and a half, and then she finally agreed to marry me, mm -hmm. and um, and so we got married uh, right before um, this the summer before our last year of seminary, and then we um, did the our last year of seminary together as a married couple. Mm. And uh, so after you graduated. Uh, from seminary, you literally, like the next day, right, got in the car and drove to Charleston. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the next day was Sunday, so we had two days. Okay. Um, and tell us about, just with all of that, just share about your experience in considering Charleston sure. and, then, and then coming. Uh, I think our, our, uh, our congregation would love to hear kind of that experience that you went through sure. and, um, you know, how the Lord led you to, to be mm -hmm. a part of this work. Yeah, that's a great question. We um, so as I mentioned, we got married the summer before our uh, last year, but that summer also again happened to be for us um, in an internship at your former congregation. That's two thousand twelve. That's two thousand twelve mm -hmm. in uh, Douglasville, Georgia, and um, it you know we were going to be graduating at the same time that uh, it, Lord willing, you were going to be moving to Charleston to, to start the church, and so that conversation had already started a little bit because um, there were those who were saying they really wanted you to come here with an assistant 
and we worked well together both those summers. Uh, I just had a very good relationship, and um, we had, uh, as a married couple, you know, we I've got to spend the summer with you and Marla and the kids there and the rest of the congregation, and so uh, we began the conversation. Uh, you, you asked us to consider um, moving here, and so we began praying about it, and uh, we prayed a lot about it and talked a lot about it because uh, we didn't know, you know, what the Lord might have for us after seminary, and went back to seminary and of course we had mentioned this to our families and our families were praying for us and giving us counsel and um, then sat down with several of my professors and um, asked them for their counsel on this and um, it just kept being green lights you know people just saying this is a mm. wonderful opportunity um, you know John not to give you a big head but people saying look you have an opportunity to work with John Payne um, you, you have an opportunity to be part of a church plant um, you know, just again and again, that's the sort of response we were getting, and um, and then the Lord just provided for those things that we needed, and so really, before even halfway into our our senior year, we we realized this is where the Lord was calling us, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty extraordinary that God's grace to us in giving us direction like that. And so we were excited to mm-hmm. graduate. We graduated on a Saturday, um, and we were moving into our Charleston downtown apartment uh, the following Saturday. Yeah, and then the day after you arrived, we had our first, first worship, worship service, service That's right. at uh, First Scott's Presbyterian Church. They were kind enough to let us use their historic chapel for the first three months of our, That's our right. work. That's right. Yeah, so wow, what a, what a story. And uh, we also have, as part of the story, uh, a little Hodge that's, that's been that's added right. to the family. Elias, Elias. Our, our son uh, was born on uh, Valentine's Day this year, February 14th, and um, we... Uh, are just so thankful for him and what mm. a what a joy he is and we're lear- we're still in that first year of parenting where everything is completely new and mm. you know you think you have it just you think you have him figured out just a little bit and then um uh you you realize that you know what he he just is going to keep us guessing so yeah so thankful for him he's an answer to prayer and um Indeed. we we praise god for his life well ross uh i know i speak for our entire congregation it's such a blessing to have you as a minister of this church and uh, Joanna is such a blessing. Uh, she Amen. has just begun this new women's Bible study on yeah. First Peter. Yeah. This is the second week uh, today. I yep, believe. it was. Yeah, and uh, I know that she's going to do a great job. Uh, she has a great theological education from Westminster. She does. Yeah, Masters of Arts in Biblical Studies. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Which which means she knows the Bible really, really well. She, and, she does. Um, she she is such a, a gift as a, just as a wife, but um, you know, as a pastor's wife, to have somebody who can. You know, I, I uh, run things by her all the time. It, before I preach, usually I, I do sort of a rough draft uh, in front of her, and she can give such just wonderful insight and encouragement. And um, so it, it's a blessing to be married and, to her. And, and I want to say, you know, in this format, in this public setting, too, what a blessing it is for us to be here in Charleston at Christ mm. Church and working with you and um, to, to be partnering in the gospel with you and Marla and the kids and the rest of Christ Church. We are, we are so thrilled to be here and continue to thank God for the blessings of calling us here and calling us to be a part of this work. Um, we, um, we praise the Lord uh, for that. Well, we thank the Lord for you, Ross, and your family. And uh, we uh, have really enjoyed this time. I hope that our listeners have enjoyed this as, as much as I have and getting to know Ross a little better. And do encourage you to uh, be an encouragement to, to Ross and Joanna and, and to his family to uh, get to know him better. And uh, we, as your pastors, uh, we don't see ourselves in the ivory tower uh, coming down out of the tower to preach and then to go back up there. 
afterwards. We, uh, we love being shepherds of this congregation and we want to know you and we want to be known by you. And that's uh, part of the, the precious relationship between pastors and, and, and flock. And so uh, we thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us next time on Between the Times.